Hi guys, my name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Welcome to episode 64. I am so thankful that you're listening to this podcast. Join our tribe on Instagram. That's at Legally Clueless Podcast. And also we have been syndicated. So you can listen to the podcast on Trace Radio. You can find the frequencies for those in Kenya on traceradio.co.ke or stream it online there. Although if you're listening to this episode, you're probably listening to it on a platform that you know what? I'm not going to overthink this. <laughs> I really do hope that you're okay. It has taken me five hours longer than usual to start working on this episode. So usually I record the podcast episodes and produce the episodes on Sunday. Now, usually I'm up by like 10 a.m. And the latest that I would start working on an episode is like 11. How did I start working on this at like three something (laughs) it's just been an intense week and on a personal level i think an intense couple of days so an intense week just because of everything that is happening first there's this pandemic that has its own wave of madness then it's police brutality not only in kenya but in various countries i've been reading up about what's happening in togo what is happening obviously in the states (sighs) And you just end up absorbing that and trying to figure out what your rule is, which I'm going to get to in a bit. But on a personal level, I have lost two people that I knew. And yeah, it just makes you feel a certain way. So first, before I get into the personal things, let me talk a bit about, you know, what's happening globally. Wherever you are listening to this from, obviously in Kenya, police brutality is something that people and organizations have been speaking about for a long time. In fact, if you go to YouTube and you check out this channel, it's Africa Uncensored. I remember a couple of months ago watching, actually, you know what, I'll put the link in the description. I remember the series they did on extrajudicial killings, it kind of just makes you wonder, first, what system is this we're living in? And how can you be part of the solution? Like, what does that look like? What's my role, right? And so you'll you'll see people talking about this online, people hitting the streets and protesting. I don't know if it's just me, but constantly, whenever there's something that requires active citizenship, for me, the question is, all right, what is my rule? Sometimes it's very clear what my rule is, especially when it comes to things around gender-based violence, because that's something that unfortunately I know and I've experienced firsthand. But sometimes my rule isn't that clear and it can get so overwhelming trying to figure out what is my rule and what does it look like, right? So I've been thinking about that a lot. And I think that people's voices look differently. I know that sounds weird. Like how, what look do voices have? They look differently. There are some people's voices that are needed on ground in protests. Very necessary. There are some people who are needed in a more strategic role, mapping out what the protest would look like. There are some people whose voice looks like, maybe because they're more proficient in the law, but looks at policies and laws and the gaps that are there that are allowing injustices to just go on unchecked. There are people whose voices look like various forms of art and using that art to amplify injustices. So it could be films, 
photography, stories, poetry, words, I don't know, just various forms of art to amplify certain injustices or voices or realities, yeah? The list is endless because we all have kind of different passions and different strengths. As much as the list is endless, I think what's important to know is every voice is needed and that finding your voice is very important to self, to you, but it's also very important on like a humanity level, you know what I mean? Yeah, so those are things that I I have been thinking about. And then obviously because of what's been happening on a personal level, I've just been wondering about life. And you know, like I have a PhD in overthinking. So So I've just been like thinking about life and purpose and why am I alive, which can be a very scary question to pose to yourself because the answer can be very dark or sometimes you might not even have an answer which is very scary right i've been thinking about what's the point of of life i told you phd in overthinking man you know the nature of everything that happened also led me to think about how can i be there for others (laughs) when there are moments where i need all of me to be there for me as well so it's just like How do you juggle all of those things without feeling guilty? I really don't have concrete answers to all of this. (laughs) This isn't one of those episodes where I have a solution or I give you an app. (laughs) It's like download this or... But I think what has been slightly healing for me is finding outlets that allow me to just breathe. One has been going out to nature, which I've I did once yesterday, so I, one of my friends took me literally to the border of Nairobi because, you know, because of the pandemic, Nairobi is on lockdown. And so to the last junction before the barrier that the police have up. So my friend was saying, we're literally living on the edge. <laughs> but she took me to a beautiful space that is just full of greenery and just trees. It's like a home. It's actually where I got married It's a home with like just trees and grass and we just laid out blankets and just sat and talked and that was very refreshing to me. Maybe also because I've not left the house in I don't know how long. (laughs) But also because I could, weirdly enough, maybe it's a friend, but I could share about thoughts that I was previously scared to share because I was wondering if people would be worried. How do I explain this? So like, I don't know if it's only me who feels this, like when you're going through something, actually, I said it in a couple of episodes ago, when you're going through something, I don't like sharing about it because A, I don't want to be a burden to other people. And then I also don't want people to panic about me too much because I'll always figure it out somehow. But I want to be able to be vulnerable without people going into a panic. So sometimes I just then don't be vulnerable because I'm like, yeah, guys are just going to be panicked. But being in that setting, I, I don't know how it happened. Maybe it's nature. Nature is weird <laughs> and powerful. I just found myself sharing thoughts that previously I was too scared to share because of those reasons. Another outlet is writing. So I've been writing poetry. I've actually shared one piece on my website. God, it was so scary to do that, but I'll share the link to it in the description. I've always loved poetry. I feel such a great sense of relief once I have written a piece. It's like taking a dump, (laughs) an emotional dump. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I wrote so much. I think in one hour, I don't even know what happened. Maybe I was just like stressed to the brink. In one hour, I wrote five different poems, which is wild. Like that never happens for me. But it felt good and refreshing afterwards. I don't know why the, the kids in my hood are screaming, but you know what? Maybe that's their outlet. <laughs> But anyways, away from that noise, yeah, so that, that has been a great outlet for me. And crying, oof, I have cried a lot. <laughs> but that's also something that makes me feel nice afterwards. Like after I've cried, I feel very refreshed. <laughs> My best friend Val calls me the crier. She's like, you cry a lot. I'm like, yup. <laughs> It just feels so good afterwards. So those are like my coping. I don't have solutions in this episode. I just know that going out to nature did a thing for me. Writing my poetry did a thing for me. And crying. <laughs> Ooh. But another thing that has been working for me is music. And I've found this musician whose music is just so healing for me. I heard of her music a couple of years ago. But then I just forgot to check up on what she's been doing more recently and then I stumbled on it sometime this week and it's just been so healing Oof! so I made sure that I have to put one of her songs as a song of the week because I'd love her music to have that effect on you her name is Mareba and the song of the week is Planet You it's a love song but there's something very healing about it I don't know I don't know some very healing about it but I would encourage you to check out all of her other music because I've just been listening to all her songs on replay but Planet You is one that I'd love you to check out and so I'll link it in the description. On 100 African Stories this episode, Chimano shares such a beautiful string of stories and you know with a nice dose of humor but also vulnerability. And I'm so thankful that he allowed himself to be vulnerable with me and in extension with you. And he talks about adulting, A, which is just something else altogether, but also just experiences as a young, kind of socially awkward child who then grew up to be this icon and the social anxieties that come with that. I don't know. After listening to his story, I genuinely felt the need for everyone to just be a bit kinder to the next person. But yo, I'm now giving away too much. Listen to his story. A hundred African stories. There is no proper life that you live in university as a musician. If I constantly just walked around feeling sorry for myself, I'm never going to get anything done. Uh, there was a bit of frustration in between all of that. I've been breaking my back for this company. Therapy is not for the weak or for the crazy. Stories from Africa. Hi, I'm Willis Austin Chimano. Um, from Africa. From Kenya, from Nairobi. I'm almost going into my estate, but I guess not. I am African first and Kenyan second. That just means this comes from... Um, I've always been that person when, when um, people say that I, I went to Africa and it was amazing. And then I see Africans answering... And uh, mostly on YouTube chat, no, YouTube uh, comments and things like that. Mostly I'd see them answering, no, uh, you know, Africa has 54, 53 or 54, those ones, countries. And, and you know, you, should, you need to be able to know what, what country you're going to. But then, you know, eventually I was also like, this, it's actually not a bad ring, bad, it's a bad ring to it. Like it's Africa, it should be a country. I got to a, to a space where I don't really take offense mm -hmm. 
with people saying I went to Africa because in my I, in an ideal world, in my mind, Africa should be a country. Mm-hmm. Of course, that maybe might, might stem from ignorance on their part, the person who's saying they came to Africa. But for me, I think I, I choose to take it as, yeah, keep, keep talking like that. Speak mm-hmm. it into existence. Mm-hmm. Thoughts become things. The, the part that is called growing up, really, has been such, so interesting, so, so weird. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you, I, like, I move from one space to another, but then so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, you almost feel as if, like, at some point you grow up, like, within a year you've grown up so many times. It's so daunting, you know, where you have to, you know, you have to work, and then also being, for me, being in the public, I, I, it's, it's so much pressure, especially now, because, mm-hmm it really does affect sometimes my, just my mental psyche for sure. You know, like even at some points I'm just like, Jesus, is, do I really need this? Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's it's interesting growing up. Of course, like when I started paying my rent and things like that, but then also when I started paying taxes. Hey! <laughs> and it's like, but, 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 as in, but I made, but this is my man, why? Why? And I'm just like, oh, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. I'm just like, no, no, no. Like, have you seen our roads? Have you seen our hospitals? Have you seen, like, our services? And I think more and more it's people would like to think of something deeper than that. But I would say that literally things that affect my life, my basic, just my basic going, living in this country mm-hmm. and moving through life. For me to even just be successful in what I do, when it came to a point where I realized, you know, what what your rights, what really is a right of yours, when I, yeah, as I said, paying taxes and this and that, and then when you when you grow up and now look at your your systems and your politicians, and then you realize, like, guy, as in guy, like, what is this? And then, of course, now with that, it's there's also a family where you. As an as an African, you have this thing called black tax. So <laughs> I never understood the severity of of what that means. And don't get me wrong, I have I I do enjoy and I take delight in supporting my family, things like that. But you know, like it it that's another just emotional bag that is on you. That's when you do when when I realize also the the the, the, the hardships that my parents go through to just even go through even now. And when people from an out from the outside, like my relatives, would look at us and be like, "But see you, you are a successful musician." As in, yeah, your mom should be living in a wonderful big house and have a car and drivers and things like that. You do realize, Jesus, like life is just so complex. Mm-hmm. It sometimes even gets to a point where my, my folks don't even want to ask me for anything because mm-hmm. they're just like scared. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like, we don't want to bother him. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just those, those things. They keep, they keep hitting you in phases mm-hmm. from the time I was... I was small. Like I look, I look back at the little boy that I was, and sometimes I w- wish I could just go back and hug him, mm. and hug him and tell him that you'll be fine, because I was I was just this socially awkward human being. I was just awkward and scared, who used to uh, leave the house, and just stand on the wall of the of the house and just watch other kids play. For some reason I don't know, I just felt intimidated. I just felt, when I think about it, I probably felt that I'm not good enough to play with the other kids. Mm-hmm. I remember this one, this one time, <laughs> this one time I, um, 
when Lion King came out. Where? Where? I was just like, where? We just got in a VCR. <laughs> oh, we just got in a VCR. It, in fact, it came in two sets. So, <laughs> two sets. Let me tell you. It was silver in color and it was Olympus. <laughs> One was almost the size was the size of a little briefcase, and the other one I think was like the battery or like the support system. We had our first color TV. I also remember my mom got that. Where happiness? First that TV. Then we had this stereo that looked like a boombox because I'm the one who was the arranger of the living room. Now then the the the, the VCR, both of them were in front of the stereo. So I mean, I was just like, hey, how do you operate this? Put it on. I'll get to the Lion King. Put it on. <laughs> Put it on. Where? So that thing where the tape is supposed to go just bust up. <laughs> just like, hey. Where? Come on, Robocop. <laughs> I was so amazed. Oh, anyway. Here's this, here's this kid looking for validation, yeah, looking to have friends, but then I'm awkward. But Lion King came out, and um, my cousins had the, the, the tape. So um, they lived in Buruburu then. I mean, uh, I lived in Comorock Estate. So I went to my cousins, and I was just like, in my, in my head, Eureka, Eureka, great idea. Come on now. Can I please borrow your tape? <laughs> I am about to be the hero of the hood. <laughs> so, tape is given. That was a precious commodity, Lion King. I just gave word to maybe what we had considered a friend of mine. And yeah, me, literally the whole estate came to my house to watch Lion King. I remember the pride that I felt then. Looking around the living room. And I'm just seeing the popular kids in the hood, like they're sitting in my living room, we're all watching Lion King, press the VCR, goes up, you know, like robotic and shit. And then I'm just like, yes, like, look at me in action. <laughs> when I just, when I look at that boy, I'm just like, wow, wow, Chim. It's like, you, like, you were not, there was, like, there was nothing wrong with you. Yeah, you are just, you are just different. <laughs> So, <laughs> this is even how awkward. I've always had a fear of, and yeah, and I think when, when I think about it, I had a fear of speaking up, of expressing myself. Mm -hmm. um, I've only just started gaining confidence in expressing myself mm -hmm. in my late 20s. I just could never, I just could never like say no. I've always just been that person of avoiding confrontation, keeping the peace. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm that human being and like for, I guess for, for my folks, you know, I couldn't tell them something as simple as... I'm having breakfast every morning before going to school. So me, it was jam, bread, tea. But then, at some point, I think I thought that that was like being a bit too monotonous. So, before school, as my as my mom is like trying to hurry me to hurry me up to leave, I used to take the bread and throw it behind the fridge. <laughs> so then, of course, ants always sell you out. <laughs> There was a whole colony <laughs> marching. They were ready for the bread and the jam. <laughs> I was Twangwad. <laughs> well, why are you crying? Oh, you're not crying? <laughs> what do you want me to do? Do you want me to cry? Do you want to do? <laughs>
I can't blame my folks for for not bringing that I don't know I don't know say like I, I'm going to say but then not in a bad way to help me like in terms of expressing myself yeah. or understanding maybe the kid that I am for me I think for them it was just like I am I'm this nice quiet kid and yeah and that's fine it's only until re- recently like even the other day I think I I put posts on on IG stories and I was just like I am done being an apologist that I've I've been a, an apologist thus far sometimes I'd say sorry for even stuff that I didn't need to say sorry for and what got me is that sometimes people are just like no it's okay yeah. it's okay so I think the more people said like it's okay it's okay then uh, and at some point and I'm just I'm realizing like why did I say sorry? Yeah. And also another thing is that I became that person who, when I'm complimented, I don't know how to take it and I suppress whatever it is that I'm being complimented for. Even, for example, when, when I realized that I could sing, first of all, people made fun of because my voice broke really you know, this little boy, and then, like, my voice is just, like, a guy. It's, like, a whole, like, a drum. To an extent, like, when we had, people made fun of my voice in that in that way, and then later on I realized, okay, fine, this voice can make a joyful noise. When even people compliment me about, like, you're, like, you, you're amazing, you like, your voice is so wonderful, I still, I don't know, like, I, sh- I shy away from it, from accepting that to a point I don't even know how to take compliments. I don't. When I'm on stage, sometimes it, it's it's freeing. To be on stage because maybe that's the that's one of the only places I can express myself without really talking much. And like honestly, that it does take a toll, mm. which is why just being in my home and home like I cherish it so much because of where I can just be, just be just be chill. Because you can imagine the boy that I was, and then now I'm I've grown up to become this person who people like recognize it's uh, people monitor every move it's torture sometimes it's torture it's it's like oh my god everything's working out it's amazing but wow when when you leave the house it it can be yeah it can it's just it's just you, you i can literally feel the eyes sometimes mm. I can literally feel people talking when 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 i can literally feel people laughing at my fashion choices you know what stuck it up but you know what <laughs> i can feel people laughing at my fashion choices you know it's it's even how how fashion or how you dress is already a testament of your masculinity people already think they know you mm. people already judge you people already people just already form an opinion of you it yeah it it is a bit frustrating frustrating in a career that i need to be able to express myself and honestly any anything that anyone wears anything has any anyone has on their body was on a runway somewhere so yeah. just like slow your roll just a bit but it's fine yeah. we don't always have to agree but then for me it's just the uncomfortability of it all and uh, some would argue then that yeah you you're in that field so yeah, if you if you're not prepared to take the criticisms, then just yeah, then just take fall back. But I'm just like, no, I'm a human being. I have feelings too, and sometimes that also causes me to really act out. Because I remember there was this one time um, we were in Australia, and then I posted a photo. It was after a gig. Of course, I'd uh, painted my nails black. I just want some pants. I'd want this really cute top. Yes, to the to, to the designer. Good. So I'd want this amazing, <laughs> amazing outfit. I'm just like taking a photo, and then I was wearing the amazing jewelry as well. So then I post this, and then, oh, 
oh, the backlash, the insults. And that day also, yeah, I had, um, I had had one or ten. I just sat there and I was just like, literally, people think that they can just come on there and step on me and think they can tell me this nonsense and I have nothing to say about it. So I really went on the rampage. I really went in. I sometimes feel like you, that maybe you need not, not to burst like an outlet okay. Some because sometimes I, I, I also feel like that I, I, I'll give myself bit by bit mm. so that people don't really get to know all of me because I still need parts of me to stay with me. So by me, by me even doing that was just a way of like, a bit of like a closure, like for people to know that I'm just not this quiet boy who has no witty comebacks or who cannot shade you to filth. It was one of those things where I was just like, tonight I have time. And, and sometimes, now even when I think back, I'm just like, hmm, was it necessary? Because also, you know, you're told don't don't take everything that everyone tells you to heart i do get that but then also sometimes i feel you kind of do what your gut tells you to do just the other day me i completed my my vision board i felt like i was 20 again but then because i did one like when i was in my mid 20s and like but then this time it's just just how i did it and what the things that i wanted out of life and it was just so much different from what you want like when you're 25 i feel like we, we're always searching for like some sort of peace in terms of a peace that that peace that makes you at peace with everyone <laughs> even even if people don't necessarily like you or insult you but that's you're at peace not to make peace but you're at peace and I, yeah and i feel and i feel still i am i am well on the way there now I now I speak up. Now I speak up because it just doesn't sit well with me if I don't. I feel like I've betrayed myself if I don't. At some point I thought like I'd wasted time and not but then also I'm just like no. Now I'm speaking up from I don't know from from a point not not of knowledge just from a point of reason. In the grander scheme of things I think I need to do more for sure. I do not take lightly when when people come for people because of their sexuality, mm. I do, especially when the reasoning is just so damn stupid. Mm. I really cannot take that. Okay. I, I, I do not take just the sim like simple judgment from just people being very simple mm. in their way of, of reasoning and thinking. And as I do avoid Twitter because so many times I have found a place that found, I found that I want, I'm writing something or replying to someone and I'm just like, ooh, Shimano, this tweet, you're one tweet away from trending with insults or like you're one tweet away from being just that tweet being picked. And I do stop myself there. I think I think I do when it comes to social media, yes, I do more on IG. From person to from person to person, if I just if I feel like there's something not right, now I do tell you. It's so freeing. In fact, that sometimes informs who I'm speaking to, which calls I'm taking, what I'm wearing. I can have a fire outfit and then I'll just be like, hey, but if I leave, well, I have to calculate sometimes. Am I stopping by the gas station? Am I getting into the store? If I do, which one has less people so that people don't stay up here? I don't feel like people are talking about me. Like yesterday, my, my friend Max uh, sent me for cigarettes when I was, um, when I was coming from, from studio. And I was wearing like this, this proper flare pants, like 
proper bell bottoms, whatever they are, with like a small ass jacket. So of course when he sent me, I was just like, oh God, Jesus. So like I was driving from from now Ozongong Ozongong Road to James Gishu. I'm just like, so which petrol station am I going to? It's I'm in my head like it's it's funny, but then I'm just like Jesus. It's also serious. Like I have to calculate where am I going to go so that I don't meet a lot of food traffic, that I can just be in out. And then when I, so I stopped at the Lovington gas station there. Then I parked the car at the end and look around. Jesus, I've actually never said this. Then I'm just like, okay. So normally I would get out of the car and go walk behind. I mean, no, just, you know, walk behind like, but then here I'm getting out of the car and walking in front of the cars. There's a bushes and then walking in front of the cars. And then like, it's just silly, you know, it's just silly because I don't want to walk behind the cars because maybe the cars are at the gas station filling up so as I walk me drivers are just looking at me with my big ass pants and like my small t-shirt and my jacket and when you when you think about it, what I'm wearing it's not it wasn't it's something that was literally worn in the 70s yeah. and then that happens to be the day that the cash register just jams <laughs> and I'm just like really universe really 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 we're going to do this now okay okay fine fine yeah it's things it's things like that that get me that make me realize how anxious i can be and how i have to really do mental math all the time you can't just be yourself you have to be a different person when you're dealing with different people because you don't want to aim that maybe scare them off or you you're scared of the opinion they're going to form of you already when i leave the house Sometimes I just feel, yeah, and maybe, maybe, maybe it's why I really do also enjoy and always look for excuses not to leave the house. Mm-hmm. The, the, when I notice that I'm different is, um, yeah, yeah, Aki, that little boy, Chimano, he suffered, but he was happy. <laughs> let me tell you, I was like, I was a bit, hmm, I was a weirdo. My mom let me, let me cook uh, once in a while in the kitchen. So from like a young age, I used to know how to light the gas. My skin used to get a stool. One day almost fell, oil almost fell on my face. Guy, my beauty would not be here. So then, <laughs> well, I, mean, I remember this one time. <laughs> well, this story has nothing to do with anything, but then it just has something to do with how an awkward kid I was. My cousin came over. So I'm just like, ooh, 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 gonna make you eggs today. Yellow, yellow, yay. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fry you up some eggs, put in some bread. I'm there cooking the eggs. I think I was like, I don't know, eight years old. Happiness galore. I'm just seeing how the egg is like frying nicely. It's not getting stuck to the pan. Chimano, bright idea. Eureka, Eureka. I can give it to you with tea and then I can pour juice on the pan. <laughs> Can you know those days like we were quencher deep? Where I remember by the time I took the egg to my cousin, it was like it was a bit orange. But then I just thought, wow, what a wonderful color. Me, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, just like I have done well. Take it to my cousin, and then my cousin's just like, eh, Chimano, make a juice kwa my I'm just like, eh? Eh? <laughs> Put juice in a recognize or a coconut freeze. <laughs> My mom used to have these amazing gospel tapes. Amazing. I remember she had this one, one South African one. Guy, the music was wonderful. Like, even like I listened to it, it was so good. I was just like, yes, yes. Layer, vocals, everything. But then I took that tape, and then that was the time I think Semin Dion had released 
When you touch me like this, when you hold me like that, but it's all coming back to me. Yeah, clever little brat. So I don't know how I learned that trick of like put the tape in, press record and play. Where? How did I sing? I sang. It's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. There were moments of gold and there were flashes of light. There were things I never do again, but then they always seem right. There were nights of endless pleasure. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Remember, this is a comeback. That's my mom. My mom, my mom is gonna come back to, and like likes to listen to. She didn't listen to it then. I think it was the weekend. She's just saying, "Bring me that cassette of mine. We play, we play it." So I don't know. In my head, I think I thought that maybe somehow it it returns. It just rubs itself. Something. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say, I was twangwad like <laughs> again. again. As I'm being who I am, it's just also to always also remember that there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people out there who care about you. Because I always used to as well focus on like, oh my God, um, I need to do this so that people, or I can't do this because people are going to hate me, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, a friend of mine once told me that, you know what? Like you totally think you like you totally think on the other side, but you forget, and maybe it's also unfair. Like to the people, the people who really love you, mm -hmm. the people who and who are always there for you, mm -hmm. you and you know that and you see that. Can you just focus on that? Mm -hmm. Like remember those people. Like don't 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 just you know don't just listen to them and 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 let their words just mm -hmm. go. Let or, or or not feel their love. Remember you're loved. That's it. That's it. Catch our next African stories in the next episode. I laughed so hard during the recording of that story. My God. <laughs> Why would you put quencha <laughs> in eggs? I. <laughs> but, you know, I, I've known Shimano for quite a while but i think after this story i got to know him on a very intimate level and just understanding some of the fears that come with the space that he's in and the person that he is and i just really wish that we would give people the space and the room for them to just be who they are i think over the years i understood that once i allowed myself to be whoever it is that i am to express myself, to evolve, to grow, to unlearn, to learn, then I gave people around me that same environment as well to be able to do that for themselves. So I guess the major key is allowing yourself to be then allows you to allow others to be. You kind of reserve your judgment of people and you take them as they are and you meet them where they are. Yeah, I really liked his story. <laughs> and I'm so thankful that you've listened to this episode. Remember, you too can share your story on this podcast. This past week, I've recorded quite a few Legally Clueless listeners. All you have to do is first send a one-minute demo on WhatsApp to the hotline number plus 254-768-628-790. And really, that demo should just be you telling me the story that you want to share. I'll then work on a few story prompts for you and we'll set up a date that I can record you remotely. There's that. And uh, remember, yes, join the tribe at Legally Clueless Podcast. That's on Instagram. And that's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.